to the Sala podcast. My name is Steph and today I'm catching up with Gemma Rose Brook, who is an emerging artist who paints from life. We are actually sitting in the middle of a park. Is this this is Brown Hill Creek, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a Brown Hill Creek National Park Amazing. sort of thing, yeah. And we've got the creek audibly, I hope, uh, splashing around in the background. There's like bugs everywhere and butterflies and lots of spring flowers. So yeah, it's a shame it's a podcast, not a video, but yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I digress. Um, and yeah, actually, as we're enjoying this lovely scenery, I will just acknowledge that the Ghana people are the traditional owners of this land. Sovereignty was never ceded and I want to pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. Gemma, thank you so much for making time to come and chat today. <laughs> Honestly, it's my pleasure, Steph. Yeah, and nice to be able to catch up out in nature because this is this is where you're most at home, isn't it? You know, this is where you're... You, have you painted from this specific spot before, actually? Um, uh, yeah, for my um, graduate show, I did a lot of paintings up and down Brown Hill Creek. Oh, perfect. So, well, this yeah. is very appropriate very then. Appropriate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, maybe we'll um, take a chronological bent on this and start with how you came to be an artist, where you found your beginnings. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody has, you know, foundations in their life that then grow into them studying art school or then becoming a practicing artist and I was really lucky that I had a family that was very outdoorsy and took me out into nature as a way to connect and and to shape who I am. It wasn't always pleasant you know sometimes they would take me on hikes that weren't climbing a mountain for three days with backpacks on my (laughs) back or um, other times yeah it was coming to where we are today and having picnics with the family and and connecting in that way or it's a really outdoorsy yeah really outdoorsy um canoeing uh, surfing and yeah uh, hiking and and all of that sort of stuff so yeah for me being in nature and painting this way is yeah in essence a part of who I am um and we also had this really special relationship with a plainer painter called Tom Karma and he is a family friend of ours and a very well-known painter in Sydney and um, he's now my mentor like I did get a fellowship through Kaklu and to work with him um, which has been really special but uh, obviously we've slowly built a really nice relationship around painting and and life Mm. and uh, we still uh, chat often about those things but yeah, I also studied nutrition and dropped out to go to art school. <laughs> I didn't know that. And yeah, I studied nutrition because I thought, you know, that was like a proper career path or whatever that means. But yeah, I I couldn't really do it. And so I ended up going to art school and, and actually doing a short course at Adelaide Central School of Art with, with Melanie Brown, who is a family friend of ours as well, who's a really amazing painter. And then, you know, three weeks into the short course, I enrolled in the in the degree course and, oh, yeah. and I enrolled in knowing that this is exactly what I wanted to do with my life. And, yeah, from that, I, you know, worked at the Art Gallery of South Australia and did an internship there and sort of learnt a bit more about the art world as well as what it means to, to develop your practice. But, yeah, all throughout art school, particularly with Tom and the outdoory stuff, it sort of lent towards plein air painting and connecting to my experiences and yeah I guess fresh out of art school I got the fellowship 
working with Tom and then I also got the um, studio space at, at Kaku and so yeah there's a lot of foundations there that that really made me into the artist I am now. Yeah and when you say you know when I finished art school how, that was only what? Uh, 2019? Yeah so <laughs> we're only talking a few yeah, years. <laughs> really really recently and yeah the all the Kaku support happened yeah last year predominantly so yeah I'm so fresh but I (laughs) seem to um yeah just keep growing and I'm so grateful for all the support in different aspects of my life that Mm. that helped me sustain that yeah no that momentum is great that's fantastic and just to cover our ground what do we mean by plein air painting or painting from life so plein air painting is you know, in the open air, it's a French term that it comes out of Impressionism predominantly. Um, and so, yeah, open air or painting outdoors, and mm. it's kind of like that. And I, um, yeah, mostly paint outdoors, but I also do paint interiors and and um, still lifts as well. So I'm, I would call myself a plein air painter, but I'm also a painter that paints from life and who paints... Yeah. Um, their experiences cool all right so take that with that context of yeah yeah painting from life is nice that's a great uh, catch-all for for what you do and and on that note I've uh, really enjoyed reading about the way that those different aspects of your work shape your practice so yeah like I think of plein air painting as as, you know finding a nice group of trees and (laughs) plonking yourself down in front of them and obviously they're not going to move away yes Um, (laughs) so that's quite a a really basic uh, you know thought but yeah yeah, but yeah drawing from life um, you are drawing much more roundly than that you know considering I think the choice of words was that thinking of your work as like a painted journey or like a diary of your lived experiences is that's such a lovely sentiment and I guess what I'm getting at is like you know is it fair to say that painting is more than something that you're just skilled at and enjoy and that it's actually forms a bit more of a mindfulness practice as well yeah for sure I mean I've got a really um yogi family as well as an outdoor family (laughs) and um in a way like the theory around yoga of like you know you're still but there's still things going on inside you um and there's things going on around you so yeah painting has a similar theory around um spirituality or self for me and yeah it's not just plonking down in front of trees like you said (laughs) it's it's um taking that time uh to create a dialogue between yourself and the environment around you um and so that's why for me it's not just plain air outdoors it's Mm. also can be your interiors or you know objects and still lifts that you find around um in your life and 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 whatnot but Mm. yeah does that sort of answer the question it does yeah Yeah. and that yeah unites that it's not just about outsideness it's that choosing to respond to you know, not from a photograph, but from that moment in, in time. Exactly, in... yeah, that moment in time of how you're feeling and um, also how you're seeing. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, yeah. Uh, the other thing I could also add is that, you know, it is a mindfulness meditation, the whole unpacking my paints from the car and, like, going and setting up and putting the paint tubes out and, yeah, like, it's a grounding and a way to connect to where I am 
at that moment in time. Yeah, there's a bit of ritual in that, isn't there? Yeah, Which is definitely nice. ritual, and, and I guess that's mindfulness too, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And process. Mm, that's really nice. And now, while we're, <laughs> we are talking about outdoor scenes, anyone who follows you on Instagram will see that you are quite adept at finding the odd uh, vista or really picturesque landscape how do you always seem to be finding these every weekend or <laughs> yeah for sure um well I go hiking a lot and I've got lots of family members who are into hiking and my partner's really into hiking and rock climbing and that's what we just do with our spare time um so super outdoorsy really yeah. outdoorsy um <laughs> Yeah, like we went canyoning in the Blue Mountains um, wow. last year, and which is a really intense <laughs> thing to do. And somehow I managed to find myself in the middle of the canyon. But then, you know, like the next day, we all already happened to be there. And, you know, I always just bring my paints in the back of our camper fans. And then when I see the spot that I want to paint or I have the urge to connect, like we were talking before, I just go for it and I just mm. spend the time um, doing that. and. I guess I'm always looking for those opportunities um, outside of the city to to reconnect and part of be, living in Australia is that we do have really beautiful places close to Adelaide that maybe some people don't like seek and I, I just make the time to reconnect and visit those places yeah um, and I'm also chasing light and, and yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, as evidenced by the fact that I have never been to this spot. Yeah, and, and it's only like 10, 20 minutes from the city, right? Yeah, yeah, max. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there you go. And I guess if you're making a practice of, you know, always bringing your paint kit and you've got yeah, a pretty tried sure. and true little setup, then then really you're actually also opening yourself up to, if you see something, you're not going, oh, but I left my paints at home. You no, know. exactly. It's always in the back of the car. Yeah. Like I always have them. And, you know, like half the time I'm living in Adelaide Hills, which is always helpful. And, yeah, and like, you know, I was just living in Ernabella, um for work. Um, Plenty work, of beautiful yeah, land up there. For sure, exactly. Um, living on Ununu land and painting Ununu land alongside the wonderful community who was there. I'm really encouraging of my practice outside of helping them in the art centre. And, you yeah. know, the red earth and the blue sky is such a contrast to the Adelaide Hills. Mm. and. I'm always, yeah, looking for different experiences to influence me and part of, yeah, having a camper van is, is, a, is a gateway to, to find those vistas that you, you see but I don't always live in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm nine to five I'm, you know, working in a community art space or doing my laundry and then, you know, one day of the week I get to go and connect out in nature and that's how I live my life yeah it's not all Instagram vistas <laughs> but the outcomes are pretty sweet thank you thanks <laughs> question talking about the sort of practicality and or sort of functional uh, way that you have to approach you know being so mobile with your work yeah um, how do you feel about like the scale and size of your work like is it just uh, you know dictated by functionality or do you think that it's really appropriate in how it communicates your intention 
for sure. I mean, there's definitely two sides of that. Mm. Being an oil painter who's a plein air painter is crazy. (laughs) 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 Honestly, it would be easier if I just stuck to watercolours or acrylics. But, you know, oil just seems to be the the challenge that I need in my life. And so that's what I um, go for. Um, Yeah, I mean, mostly I paint small and I think that's what you're referring Mm. to. And... um, there is some practicality, but also some beautiful um, uh, meaning behind that. Um, but yeah, I have been painting, t- teaching myself how to paint big as a challenge as well. Oh, cool. So I have got like larger canvases, um, uh, which are insane because most of my paintings, no matter what size they are, have to be finished within an hour before the light changes too quickly. Um, so yeah, but I do like the idea of like what you're alluding to that each um well I guess each picture is like a little little journal or moment and and that is definitely true and I feel like yeah practically it's easier to transport small paintings but also yeah they allude to those Mm. those moments and and it aligns with what you're sort of saying yeah for what I'm what I'm saying so yeah I guess to sum that up it's it's practicality but it's also um it works what works for um, what I'm trying to say mm. about telling a moment in time of how I'm feeling and my experience. Yeah, and I think also when you see them installed in those, like, you know, seeing some in a group yeah. and they become, you become more aware when you see it installed that way that they are these little vignettes, yeah. these little moments Thanks. and they, I think that's the whole continuing the vision is, you know, down to the install and, and how it's yeah. presented and yeah, I think that's what really drove drove it home for me and I started to really go okay I think I really get what Gemma's saying yeah you know her work which Thanks. is really cool that's so nice yeah. to hear yeah. and I really I mean, appreciate that and also I didn't actually realize what kind of scale you're working with until I saw it install because they yeah. just look so big because of the detail exactly <laughs> they're really detailed because I I sit on the ground um and they're really close to me even <laughs> though at art school they always told you to move back <laughs> and to look at your work I sit really close like on the ground without an easel and I'm really like <laughs> hurrying to like get all the detail in within the hour yeah. but yeah I think there's something super cool about having you know that salon hang it that hopefully can tell a story yeah it definitely does yeah um and another thing I wanted to talk about is this year we saw a new partnership between Sala Festival and Foodland, which brought an opportunity for three essay artists to have their work featured on a reusable shopping bag. Um, these were available from Foodland stores throughout the festival. And I think they were quite the collector's item because I'm told that they're quite hard to come by now. So had to be quick. Yeah, I've been <laughs> getting people emailing me saying, oh, do you, do you know where I can get um, which foodlands to have the stocks? Oh and gosh. I just say, I don't know. I've got no idea. It's just in. If you see one, snap it up. <laughs> um, and so these bags, we featured the work of Greta Laundy, Takeaware and yourself. Yeah. Now, um, your work was a really lovely rendering of a hill's hoist titled I Was Stuck in the Dystopia of Home. Can you tell us a bit more about this work? Yeah, for sure. So um, I painted this work on my um, partner's family property in the hills in Verdun, um, and it's a very iconic uh, hills hoist. And I really wanted the viewer to connect with the familiarity of the hills hoist and of home and all of that iconography of, of that as a way to draw them in. But then I 
was also connecting with myself and what was happening at that time and you know it was during the second lockdown in in South Australia and you know that's why the title is a bit more like morbid potentially um or not maybe morbid isn't the word maybe more like it reflects um, the time yeah just reflecting on how I was feeling and the time and you know it's not just happy positive like Mm -hmm. I was looking at the light changing or anything like that um yeah so that that beautiful duality between um familiarity and um yeah isolation and feeling stuck and so it's a perfect example of you know what we're talking about before something that's in front of me and that conversation between what's going on in front of me around me and inside me Mm. um I think we had that conversation yeah. off air, so to speak. So yeah, I'll, sure. I'll just um, rehash that a bit. So, yeah, we we're talking about the – this great segue, actually. So <laughs> I really enjoy the way that your quite lengthy titles of your work actually yep. give a lot of extra context to the work. So um, I think my favourite one is – or the longest one that I've seen yet is a lovely sort of lush green scene of like a tree-lined gravel road that disappears over a hill, which is very, you know, picturesque. And the title is, I like the sound of the gravel as I drive down this road just as much as I like to watch the shadows, colours and light change. But mostly I like that it leads to figs, to morning coffee and to you. That's just so beautiful. And thank you. You know, without reading that, there's a whole lot of context that you wouldn't have got. So what was that work about? (laughs) Yeah. So again, um, yeah you're right it adds more context and and for that one it's yeah a love story um work and that I painted um potentially like three months after meeting my partner that I'm still with now and again it's the road behind that property and um yeah it's just a complete love story of 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 meeting him and what it felt like to be in love at that time and yeah and I'm so grateful and so yeah, it leads back into what I was saying about the Hills Hoist, that painting for me is just as much about what I'm feeling like in the moment and that dialogue between me and the environment. And mm. so, yeah, for this one, I was just totally in love and so happy in That's that so um, environment in yeah. the Adelaide Hills. Yeah, so. and I think, yeah, I, all the other sort of favourites that I pulled out, one of them was... What was it like for Hyson as he saw the light kiss these gums yep. and painted this shady pool? Or, you know, did Sourbeer and Trenary feel like they were on the moon when they sat and painted these same cliffs? Yep. It's like there's, you know, obviously a, a painting of a, a landscape is a moment in time, but yeah. the titles that you're providing are are giving past and present and Definitely. future and questioning and yeah. just another context which yeah I just particularly enjoy thank yeah. you yeah <laughs> and connecting to art history I'm always looking at painters throughout history who who um saw the same place as me you know a hundred years ago or you know because ultimately they're just painting their experience and how they see the world so you know um Horace Trenary and Kathleen Sorbia were South Australian painters who went out and painted Wollonga and that coast and that's why there's that Sabia house um, in Port Nolonga and that residency Um, and yeah they used to go and paint that together and so I've visited sites and um, that they've been and also Dorot Black's faces that she's painted and and tried to connect to those histories and 
because I'm just a human mm. seeing the world and painting and connecting. Mm. And Heisen too, you know, he's got that property around the corner from um, the family property in Verdun and I'm sitting there and connecting and seeing that same light he did um, all those years ago. And yeah, actually that I was really lucky that that work got into the Heisen Prize. I feel really blessed that that was selected yeah. last year. And then also that that work, the love story work with Michael, my partner, um, was in Youthscape and that allowed me to buy a van. Oh, with my, the winnings? With the winnings. Oh, and that is now my mobile studio. So That's very serendipitous. Yeah, I, I feel really blessed that this is how it's, so it's all gone in such a short period of time. And yeah, I hope people like um, have listened to this podcast and like now they can see my works um, with the titles and read yeah. them and give a bit more context. They're not just pretty landscapes and vistas <laughs> and stuff. They're also, they yeah, get... diary notes into my life or into art history and, mm. and painting. Yeah, and we should know, what was the name for your van? Uh, um, yeah, so <laughs> I named my van Dorrit after Dorrit Black. I think that's a beautiful tribute. Yeah, <laughs> and I also named my past car Lois after Lois Dodd, who's a really amazing American um painter painter yeah I love the connection to everyone that came before you I think that's so lovely Thanks, and, yeah. and it must be like a pinch me moment if you know that you're looking at the same cliffs or exactly the same features of the landscape it's a timelessness isn't it for sure yeah like the Wollonga cliffs at Gull Rock I like painting there often because of there's so many painters from South Australia who who painted that yeah. coastland and connecting to that history makes me yeah, feel like human, like you know, yeah. they were just human people painting there. Yeah, the you can almost yeah. jump across space and time, yeah. kind of. Yeah, sure. <laughs> amazing. Little Betty told me that you have a show coming up. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, believe it or not, <laughs> I have my first solo show um, opening in November at Floating Goose Studios. Hopefully, if nothing goes tipsy turvy, it should open on the fifth of November. Touchwood. Touchwood. <laughs> and um, it's completely paintings from the desert um, in Ernabella and I'm not sure I'm still trying to form what to say about the work like in an artist bio and whatnot but I finished painting the work and I think I'm going to call the show um, Red Earth, Blue Skies and Ananu Smiles. Oh beautiful. Because yeah yeah, it's just about my experience of living and working in the desert and um, that environment and but also um, living in that community and the generosity of the people there, I don't know, um, community and Annabella Arts. Yeah, oh, beautiful. And have you have you titled all the works yet? <laughs> um, no, I keep a journal and I actually pull lots of my uh, titles out of my journal. Right. As a way to sort of remember those moments in time. And, yeah, I've started uh, thinking about that previously, but I haven't fully put the titles together I think I might do that this weekend yeah <laughs> I hope yeah <laughs> it's actually quite nice to know that even though the work's been painted that that isn't actually the end of the process in the sense that you 
mean, I come from this from a photographic sure. lens, so, you know, you take the photo, but you might need to have a break from it yep. and then look at it with fresh eyes and, and get a fresh yeah. reading on it. So knowing that the titles aren't necessarily conjured up in the moment is quite nice. Yeah, I mean, some of them are. Like, I often am uh, either referring directly to a moment and what was happening in that moment. But, yeah, then I am connecting in hindsight as well because I want to really tell the story of the experience um, in a way that's most authentic to myself and then hopefully people pick up on that and can understand um, more fully about what it's all about. And when you were up, you know, with that red dirt and that blue sky and it's a different colour palette to the Adelaide Hills. Yeah, for sure. What was it like having you know, facing a new landscape um, and having that different context and perhaps different way of tapping into it? Was it, you know, working with the community? Was that different? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I really took the time to ease into that environment and that space and, you know, through my work I got to know people well and, you know, asking for permissions about where it was okay to paint. And mm. But then also... Um, learning a different cultural perspective of how to um, respect the land and be sort of at one with the land in a sense that yeah. a Western perspective doesn't necessarily have. Like we have a more um, conquering kind of attitude. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've, I can't see the world the same anymore. I, um, I am completely different in the way that I see landscape and... And, um, yeah, I really owe that to, to being in Annabella and the generosity of everybody there. That's gorgeous, yeah. It's hard to follow that, but um, maybe we'll bring it, bring it back down and, <laughs> and maybe uh, what would people want to know? Do you have any tips for anyone who is thinking about venturing into painting or drawing from life? And, and I don't know, how do you, how yeah. do you tackle that? Well... Drawing from life or painting from life is pretty hard. I make a lot of bad paintings. Like, you know, like even though I've been doing it for a long time now, like I'm not, not every painting I make is perfect. And that's just part of being an artist. And I think that often we present this perfect front and it's not the reality. Like I make just as many bad paintings as I do good paintings. And, you know, you just get to see the ones that I like. Um, <laughs> And, but yeah, to get to the point where I was now, I, I really used to just sit on the bus and draw or sit at a cafe and just get a felt tip pen out and draw different things like the lights in the cafe or mm. the grumpy man on the bus or <laughs> anything like that. And, you know, just, just do it and, and try and be confident about it and, and know that if I make a bad one, I can just make another one and I might like that one better. Yeah. And so, yeah, just get a felt-tip pen out and start, just start drawing, really. And Good advice. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. All right. I um, think we've had a good chin wag. Definitely. We'll finish um, it off there. And, um, yeah, looking forward to your exhibition. I'm hoping it all goes ahead yeah. as planned. And, yeah, and then maybe a little rest after that. Yeah, I think, you know... Um, working full-time and painting three exhibitions in six months is a is a good time to have a bit of a rest but yeah I hope to see people at my show I'd really um 
be happy for you guys to come up and approach me and ask me anything. I'm always an open book. So yeah, thanks so much, Jeff. You've been so lovely, and it's so lovely to do this out in nature. Yeah, I hope it sounds as good as, as we think it did. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's us over and out.